This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. This recording is from a Facebook Live video, so if you would like to watch that, there will be a link in the description, and you can view it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by Barry Coral, who is an organic fruit farmer and longtime raw foodist. He's an artist, and he really pursues and brings his philosophy of the art of living to everything that he does. Being that he is over 70 years old, he has such a vibrant level of health, and I really feel like he's a shining example of self-care in many aspects. It's so rare to see someone at his age living with such vitality, being that many people that are over 70 typically are either dealing with a chronic degenerative disease or in like a nursing home or just, you know, really not fully functional, but I really find it inspiring that he's able to fully take care of himself, his farm, and really have a great level of health. I just find him really inspiring, his lifestyle inspiring, and he really does show that raw foods can help supplement and support a healthy lifestyle in the long term. Hi, you guys. I'm Victoria Madian from Vibrant Raw Living, and today I am joined by my guest, Barry Coral. Thank you. He has been a raw foodist for a very long time. He's also an organic and biodynamic gardener and um, farmer here in San Diego. So he is really, really knowledgeable about raw foods and growing healthy food and just living a really healthy lifestyle. And he's Pretty mature in age, but many years young. How how old are you now? I've been around the sun 75 times, and I feel like I'm a 40-year-old. I believe it. Yeah, he's really in great health, and I'm excited for him to share his journey with all of you guys today. So let's start out. Barry, where were you born? I was born in Chicago in 1942. Actually, I'm the same age as Bob Dylan. I took a little different pathway. But being artistic, I've always in, embraced that form of creativity. But the the main uh, thought that I had is that I see all these creative artists and why would they be so destructive? And at the time, I awoken to the fact that I still want to be an individual, artistic, creative person and be able to be healthy along the way. So I, I embraced the thought, and it's not necessarily new, but it, the, the thought was to become um, – an individual that was embracing the art of living rather than self-destructive behavior. And that's when I got interested in starting to eat better and have a better lifestyle. Awesome. So were there any things in your childhood that kind of shaped you? Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that shaped me the most is I saw my parents and a lot of relatives passing away at a young age and um, just examining the, their eating habits. They were very loving people. I was brought up um, in a loving family, which um, I re- I'm very thankful for because I feel I've raised my son in a very loving manner. But I always questioned the fact that everybody was around me, not everybody, most people, were self so self-destructive. And I 
began my journey to start investigating what I could be and how I could live more naturally. So that pretty much began my my journey at a very young age. Um, I didn't really start putting it to to uh, effect until I was in my twenties. But um, prior to that, I was always questioning it, and then finally I started awoken to the fact that. I was on a journey, and I could live a constructive life rather than a destructive life. And, of course, we all age, but the thing is we don't have to age. We could stay youthful until God takes us. And my belief system is that we are meant to be healthy at all ages, and then when it's time for our bodies to go to the next level, wherever that is, is for us to be in a healthy state and carry on. Definitely. So did you have early passions? I know art is one of your main passions in life. Is that something that developed early on or once you started getting into college? It it actually started when I was 10 years old, and I I found myself uh, being very introspective and trying to understand and incorporate my feelings with my thoughts. And I started doing a lot of drawing, and I, I really feel that there's not any one thing that really is more important in the physical world but the idea is to whatever you focus on with passion and to get deep into it will give you the unfoldment of basically what we're striving to do is become self-realized. And I feel it's really assisted me. It's only a tool. Any creative act is a tool. And it's a reflection on who we really are. And to be able to put forth that type of creativity and to suggest who you are on a soulful level or a spiritual level or to be on a unique level that we all truly are unique. And I really feel the reason why we're all here is to express our uniqueness, to be able to support the wholeness of and the oneness that we all really are. Mm-hmm. Totally. And as you did grow a little bit older, now I know at some point in your life you were living in Wisconsin. That was Chicago. Or Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I remember because my mom's from Wisconsin. I remember, you know, close by. Yes. That are, um, you know, that I was like, oh, my mom's from the Midwest. And I just feel like Midwest people are, I know my mom's a pretty down to earth person. And I really consider you to be that way as well. And it's just a different kind of mentality, I think, than California can be. I find a little bit sometimes more vain. And that's not necessarily, I don't think, a bad thing. But You know, there's a little bit more, it's just a different vibe in the Midwest. Yeah, I think uh, nature has a lot to do with it. And the thing is, is like uh, in the Midwest, growing up in Chicago, we're really forced to be connected to each other and to our environments in the material world. And here we have so many opportunities to be incorporated in nature and all the beauty and and all the things, uh, the outer types of activities we could be involved in don't really force us to be as close to each other. And now with the advent of technology, it's separated us more. It, it has a kind of a two-fold because in many ways it's bringing us together, but then in another way it's separating us. And even when my son was younger, I used to be talking to him, and he was basically Facebooking or doing something with the phone rather than just connecting with me one-on-one. And even we're in the same room, We've lost that personal touch to just be able to be with each other in a natural way and connect with each other and just really feel the the love and the connection we have for each other. And I know I'm a little bit long-winded, but even when, we, when I go to uh, meetup groups, um, 
there's like very much of a separation. You only get to meet a few people. And when I have them, I have quite a few events on my property. The first thing I do is I, I choose to suggest to people for all us to get together, hold hands, uh, express a, a, a sense of um, connection and appreciation for who we are and for us to be able to come together at this moment. And then um, to introduce ourselves and say one thing that might suggest who we are or why we're here. And then you have an idea of everybody in the room. And then mm-hmm. we go off to our individual areas to interact or eat or whatever we're doing. Then we have a sense of everybody. And then when we come back out into the world, we have a sense of who we've been around and um, if we connected with them and to bear, carry on a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, back when I was running my co-op Ultimate Produce, we hosted a couple different events. We had like an anniversary party on your property, which was honestly one of the most, it was a really great experience of my life because I gathered so many different friends that I've had from different times in my life from, you know, like high school and college. And then after that, it was like, friends that I had had throughout that whole progression and they all came together along with people that were involved in my co-op and we were just able to celebrate around good food on your property which is a very high vibrational place filled with your artwork and you know your cultivated trees and all that stuff so um and then we did another workshop talking about biodynamic composting where we got into your huge mountain of compost and started yeah. to learn how to break some of that stuff down and that's actually helped me garden on um, at my house, too, and, like, cultivate the soil there. Because a lot of the soil in San Diego, if you live in certain parts, it can be a little bit more, like, clay-type soil, and it can take a little bit more time to cultivate that. And um, I'm really grateful that I had all those opportunities, you know, to have those experiences at your property. And I know that you love hosting people and making the whole experience of food social and the experience of health very well-rounded mind, body, and spirit, not just eating the food. Because I'm sure, you know, both of us have probably been to meetups or potlucks where it's just everybody's just eating and, again, not really getting to know each other. So I think it's really refreshing that that's something that you keep really true to your roots. And um, I hope it's something that really continues on for more generations to come. And they're not just like judging each other based on social media profiles or that type of thing. It's like really get to know a person in front of you, hear their story and, you know, accept them fully as they are in that moment. You know? Yeah. To, to, well, first of all, thank you. And secondly, to reinforce what you were saying, is basically what what I do is when people come together, I said the reason why we're really here is for each other, number one, not the food. And uh, personally, I it kind of hurts me when people start just running over and just eating. It's kind of like they're just, I, are you hungry? I mean, haven't you had a meal or something? They act like they haven't even eaten or anything. But the bottom, the bottom line is, is that I really feel if we could know each other, that's the real reason we come together and uh, to really love each other and care about each other. And it's, what's really needed on this planet is more connection in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we have plenty of food. We're blessed in that manner. But what we really need is the food of each other and the connection and the heartfelt experience. And as many songs express, we're all one. 
the idea is to really come together in that oneness. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know that when you were a little bit younger going through kind of like college times, there was, you had some experiences. I think it was like in San Francisco where you started going through a little bit of experimentation and, you know, experimenting with diet, experimenting with different types of um, groups of people and hanging around different crowds and maybe you were hanging around in Chicago. California was a little bit of a different scene. So what was that time like? Major different. Yeah. Um, I was living in Chicago during the Democratic Convention when President uh, Nixon was running um, uh, for office. And I was walking through the streets with Ram Dass and, and Allen Ginsberg, and we were being chased and beaten on by the police. Uh, Mayor Daley's force was wanting to stop the protest. It wasn't really a protest. It was a love uh, offering to the humanity. It was called a love being and, um, or a love in, whatever the name was. But the idea is that we were coming together for love, not destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I ended up doing, because we were being charged by or run after by police, I hid in a basement and I was watching all this horrific behavior going on. And I made a vow at that time being Jewish, I felt that I was almost living in, in Nazi Germany or something, and it made a, such an impression on me that I chose chose to break up uh, a relationship I was on and uh, say goodbye to my parents. I sold all my possessions, and I basically put everything that I owned in three suitcases. I accumulated $300 with a one-way ticket to San Francisco and I never looked back. When I moved there, I moved into an apartment. I lived there for a couple of years, was running out of money. And then I, I met a group of people that were very happy and they were very receptive to who I am. And they invited me to come for a dinner. It was at a community. It was called One World Family. And it was based on um, basically consciousness, conscious uh, behavior and connection to um, a greater power, uh, higher energy and to love animals, not eat them. And uh, that began my journey to start becoming more vegan. And eventually I became veganic. And uh, at the time I weighed 279 pounds and was able to eliminate a lot of the excess weight and start really appreciating the the sacrament of food and what it really does for us. Uh, to me, um, and I believe it's actualized, is that the first thing we need is air, the second thing we need is fluid. We're made up of 75% fluid. And uh, the third would be food. We could go for a lot longer on food than most people believe. Um, I've actually seen people go on 40-day just liquid diets. I've, I've done it up to 16 days. And what it's really benefit for, uh, the, benefici- the benefits of it, is to really slow the uh, process down of degeneration and actually reboot your body and gives you tremendous amount of vitality and rest in your body and on a cellular level actually turns the aging process around and also your health. Right. So that began my, began my journey. I lived there for three and a half years and then eventually um, moved to Escondido where I met my former wife and she had a health food store and that began that part of my life. I was there for 10 years with her, and we also had a juice company, and I really owe a lot of my optimizing my health by drinking juices. Uh, my mentor at the time was Norman um, was uh, Norman Walker, and he showed how through juice therapy, 
you could actually drink these juices and to really rejuvenate the body and basically heal all diseases. What a disease really is is an acidic condition. And the reason why we eat is to become human. And the idea is to eat human food. And that's why I've, I've taught myself and learned from others not to eat animal products or byproducts of animals Absolutely. or to eat um, processed food or even grains. Uh, everything that we want to eat is of a vibration or an energy, uh, even though some people don't possibly understand what vibration is. What it is, it's a accumulation of, of current that's running through your body. And when you're eating food of a higher vibration or higher current, you have more currency. And then you have more vitality, more life, and more rejuvenation. And it actually slows down the aging process that you really start looking much more youthful and happier and you live a much simpler life and you don't also require as much materiality. The demonstration is really in matter, but I feel where our society gets caught up is realizing or believing that the matter is the end product, but what the matter really is, it's a launching pad that gets us into a higher level of energy and living. Mm -hmm. And what it does, it transfers into spirit. And the idea is that we choose and want to become more enlightened and more spiritual. And the way we arrive at that is by cleaning our temple and opening up to a greater power that it, that is basically in all of us, that we all have the potential to be able to express and to live in a much more happier world. Absolutely. And I know you've studied with Dr. Morse in Florida and I hope he's doing well after the hurricane. But, you know, he really talks about the body being a bunch of cells with mainly the lymphatic and the blood system being exactly. what kind of pumps everything through. And I think um, I appreciate quite a bit of what he has to say. I think he's a very knowledgeable person. But, I, you know, we can both agree, like having done raw foods for a while, that, you know, there's there's been a bit of a movement happening within the past 10, 15 years where I feel like people are more drawn to it, where social media has played a, a big influence in people being drawn to it. But how do you feel like the scene of raw foods has changed from the time when you were getting into it versus how it is now? Um, I feel the, I, I always call myself a late bloomer because I see so many young people that are so amazingly enlightened and really getting into the greater understanding. Who we really are, I believe, is who, who we are, are fruitarians. And the misconception that our society has taken on to, um, Consciousness or the medical society has um, misinformed us because basically all food turns to sugar and all food is carbohydrates. So the idea is that what most people crave are the carbs because that gives us the energy. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that we're eating, as a humanity, we're eating the wrong kind of carbs and the best type of carb is fruit because fruit is simple sugar it burns quickly. It gives us a type of energy. It doesn't play havoc with our body. And um, it helps to slow the process of aging down by rejuvenating us on a cellular level. And, and the idea, what I do is to eat simply as much as possible. If you could ideally do mono eating. Yeah. And that uh, to be the, like fruit comes in three different categories. There's subacid, acid, and sweet fruit. 
And the idea is to eat only one at a time. So like, for instance, I, I'm here at um, especially produce and I love their grapes and I come here for their Concord grapes and what I'll actually do to slow the aging process down and for filling myself up with really beautiful nutrition and feel really good. I did a six day grape diet. I'm on day three. How crazy good for is you. that? Right on. Yes. That is the best. There was a gentleman by the name of Arnold Arrett uh, back in the 1800s who developed this approach. It's called the uh, mucosus diet system. And basically if we're not eating just fruits and vegetables, we're accumulating a tremendous amount of mucus in yeah. our body, and the only way to eliminate is to slow your eating process down and eat the type of foods that will act as a conduit to eliminate the mucus out of our body, which is basically like taking a um, hose and putting a lot of debris in there and never cleaning the hose out, and the only way to do it is to flush it out. So the way you do that gradually is with grapes or for instance, I did 16 days of orange juice. I accomplished yeah. the same thing. Uh, but the thing about it is, as I've learned through um, studying with uh, uh, Robert Morris and other great minds, like I consider him to be an avatar of health and nutrition and understanding. The The point I want to make is that he tends to be a little bit on the uh, heavier side. But the idea is not to judge the education that we're receiving from the individual but only accept the goodness uh, and the education that he's offering and bless him for that. I think there's too much criticism. There's there's too right. much um, looking down on people to make ourselves look mm-hmm. better. And I think we just need to embrace the gift that we're receiving from each other and not to be so hard on the other person because we all have different types of lifestyles. Yeah. We've all come from different backgrounds. We've been abused. We've been... Uh, not loved like we've really deserved to be. And we have to be more gentle on each other Absolutely, and just receive. So uh, I know this went off on a little tangent, but that's one thing I really wanted to share. But the, the idea is to, um, if you could just do it at least once, once a week, just to slow down, your taste buds become much more sensitive. Your appreciation for, uh, for fruit or for food up becomes exaggerated and every little morsel you put in your body is like an explosion it really does taste so good and i feel like whenever i've done mono fasting like over the past eight years i think i've done when i started out probably a lot more of bananas and then i've definitely done extended orange orange and orange juice fasting grape fasts persimmons um I, it kind of vary between what's in season. I've done watermelon for a while too. I think I've done watermelon usually during the summer, but like typically whatever's in season for like a seasonal fruit can be a really easy way to do it. And it can be kind of like complimentary, like cost effective. Um, Cause when you buy things in season, they're, they're freshest. They have the most vitamins, they have the most nutrition in them. And typically they're a little bit cheaper than when they're out of season. But I mean, I, I tend to spend good coin on produce because that's where the good stuff is. So, but um like I I really enjoy doing that because I know some of my um I've known some people to do extended water fasts that are supervised um or do juice fasts. I haven't really felt like my body for me like I've needed that um personally, but I think um for me doing a fast 
or kind of like um, just mono eating is a really way, a good way for me to clean out my system or just feel a little bit more simplified in my eating habits and just kind of tune into myself. And it helps me really connect with the present moment too. Because when you're eating food, even as a raw foodist, you're eating food that's fresh, you're eating food that is, you know, especially if it's locally grown and you're so lucky you get to eat so much of the produce from your own property that you grow. Um, It really brings you to the present moment. You know, you're not adulterating the food, not cooking it. You're really being present with it, accepting it as it is. And I feel like that whole practice really helps to um, allow you to just be grateful for what's before you. You know, like you were saying about accepting people as they are and loving people where they're at because, We've all weathered different storms. Some of us come from different trees and different places. And, you know, we've all dealt with other stuff, but we can make the best out of what we have experienced in our life. And I think that's that's what everybody ultimately is doing in this life. And I think if we can choose to see from that lens and appreciate people from that point of view, then we can come together a bit more as a community and just appreciate each other. Along the lines of what you're talking about, uh, my motto is to put my money in my mouth. So anyways, um, I think that's the most important investment. And we tend to want to have the most beautiful car without a scratch. But then we're all scratched up while we're trying to take the scratch out of the car. The idea is to be able to put your money in your mouth and also to adore yourself. Like some of the things that I do, I go once a week for a manicure and a pedicure, I get at least one or two massages a week. And the idea is to start doing more for yourself in a health, in a, a caring manner to really appreciate who you are and what you are. And even if you're feeling self-destructive or you don't really have good thoughts about yourself, fake yourself out by doing something positive because even if we're in a bad place, that doesn't mean we're going to always stay there. So right. the idea is to do positive things. And when you get through that experience of not feeling as good, you're going to have all that positive energy put into you and you're going to flourish rather than degenerate. And the other thing I wanted to uh, share is about the fruits. Um, What I've learned and the most beneficial way of cleansing the body is with fruits, berries, and melons Yeah, because they're high in antioxidants. And personally, I think we're living in a society of extremes. And a lot of people want to go from eating a sad American diet to being absolutely healthy. And I think we really need to slow down. And I think that's why fruit is a good transition rather than just water fasting. I think water fasting is really good. But the idea is that it is extreme and you can hurt yourself unless it is supervised. Mm -hmm. And it's like putting your body through a shock unless you're very, very sick and you need some quick fix. Mm-hmm. And if you're relatively still have good health or you're youthful, you could do it gently with fruits and vegetables. Vegetables actually... And herbs too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Er, um, vegetables slow the process down. Fruit is the... the Water is the quickest way. The second would be fruit and then vegetables. Uh, There's some um, healing centers that only put people on vegetables they do receive the results, but I think it takes a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And, but they're uh, not as astringent. Yeah, yeah. Well, the idea is that if you really look at the earth, the food that comes closest to the source of all energy is the sun, mm-hmm. obviously. 
And what that fruit, that food is, is fruit, the trees. So they're closest to the heavens. So that's going to have the highest energy in the food. And if we could eat the fruit, we're closest to the source of all sun because without the sun, we wouldn't have life. So the idea is not to be afraid of the sun. Also, actually get out in it and and bathe yourself. It's because what you're doing is you're actually taking yourself a, a sun shower, mm-hmm. which is very beneficial. And the idea is to live closer to nature. And, and even if you're having to work in the material world, to be able to step away from it and try to find balance. Yeah. But um, what I do personally is I um, wake up in the morning and I choose not to eat anything for the most part. And I do something called dry fasting where I will just allow my buddy, my buddy, which is my body, <laughs> to continue to eliminate and cleanse the inside of my body because the thing is without a, a clean inside, we're not going to have a clean outside. And once I've gone through that till about, say, 11.30 or 10.30, then I'll put something in my body. It's usually fluid. And what I like to do is I like to drink my juices and the type of juice that I drink is actually coconut water. I do, do a lot of that. It has electrolytes in it. And then I'll put some lemon in it. That will be my first beverage for the day. And uh, the reason why I believe in that is because what I'm doing is I've taken a shower, but I haven't taken an internal shower. And this gives me an IT, I, a tea, an idea to continue. Raw version vegan of there tea. There you go. I have my own words. It, it'll give me an opportunity to cleanse inside my body and then as i'm gaining greater hunger then i'll break it with either a smoothie or some fruit and my my also uh way of my also i have all these different ways of speaking uh i create my own language anyways uh what i do is i'll eat the fruit mono eating one fruit at a time and i'll continue to do that throughout the day when i get really hungry i'll slow the process down by having a salad I eat my salad when I'm uh, strongest, not weakest. So I choose to eat approximately between 3.30 to 5 o'clock at the latest. And then uh, that'll be my biggest meal. And then after that, if I do get hungry, I'll either have something like a treat, like banana ice cream or some fruit or just something very simple, some juice. But I want to give my body time to assimilate the biggest meal that I had and then to be able to process it and work on a cellular level to do it, what it does for my, my nutrition. Yeah. I have so. to say like my eating regime is pretty similar. Yeah. I, I typically don't eat until around 11 a.m. myself um, just because I typically do a workout of some sort in the morning and then like focus again, like on hydration then have like a smoothie or a juice and then salad in the evening. I didn't say anything, but you look amazing. Thank since you. I've seen you. Thanks. Just, I appreciate really that. really working. Thanks. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I th- and back to like even the juices, there's one juice that you made and you also sell it at the farmer's market. So if you guys are in San Diego and you like to go to the Hillcrest Farmer's Market, Barry is there on Sundays, right? Sunday, yeah. Sundays. And I don't know if you still make this, but I think you call it the Ambrosia Elixir. Oh, yeah. Yes. So it's orange juice blended with guava and passion fruit. It's those three, right? And the trick that you do is you have to juice the oranges in a citrus juicer first. And then if you have a Vitamix or a blender where you can control the speed, you just like blend the guavas and the passion fruit on a really low speed. That way it breaks up the pulp. (laughs) 
I think I've made this with you at your Amazing. property before. Amazing, you remember exactly. This is a great time to get it because the guavas are coming in really oh, heavy. I also have the passion fruit, yeah. and I have the best oranges ever. He really does have yeah. amazing produce. But I've made this as well because your produce is also sold here at Specialty Produce. Yeah. So I can, instead of making a trip up to the farm, which I hopefully you should do sometime soon, but um, you know, I, I thankfully am able to access a lot of your produce here. So um being able to combine all those ingredients, what you do is you blend it on a low speed so it doesn't break up any of the seeds and it doesn't get all chunky. Perfect. And you put it through a strainer so you get all the pulp out, chuck the pulp in the compost, it'll grow and do its own thing. But you get just like this really nice, like it's like a juicy smoothie kind of liquid, but it's that cold. Having that after coconut water. It's heaven. Very, yeah. very yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the greatest time of the year to have all those those yeah. items. And, um, yeah, yeah, come to the farmer's market on Sunday, and I'll hook you up. Yes. Also, the white sapotes that you have, yeah, or the green sapotes, the white sapotes, right? Subel. Yeah. Subel white sapotes. Yes. And, unfortunately, if you did not get a chance to have any of Barry's um, figs that he grows on his property, my favorite that you grow are the candy stripe or the tiger stripe figs. I'll have them Sunday. They're so Oh, really? In. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. They're yeah. fantastic. Well, then we probably still have some in the warehouse, too. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, like, you've really made, I know one of the things that you love to emphasize on is first, you know, your artwork is so surrounded and really um, inspired by love and I know your gardening is just an extension of your creativity in the whole process of composting and cultivating your garden I mean all of that is just you really emphasize on the art of living that's always something that I feel like from the first day that I met you well, like almost like six years ago or something that that's something that you've always really emphasized on so what does it mean to you for you know the art of living, what does it mean to you? Well, the uh, the the main thing is that um, we've all heard of the word organic, and we all believe that's in our highest interest and in, and in safeguarding our health. But the thing that I've learned in our society is um, because a lot of it's bureaucratic and be able to be able to use certain terminology to safeguard food, but that doesn't really do it. It's it's actually the practices and where you're getting your food from. I think it's really important for us individually to be able to source out our food and to be able to have that experience with the people that grow it mm -hmm. rather than just at supermarkets because whoever's growing your food is actually growing your, your health destiny. Yeah. And uh, the thing that I've not coined, it's, it's actually a term that's been around, but I call what I do is veganic. I don't call it organic because if I did, I have to be connected with the government and all kinds of bureaucratic red tape and finances that I have to go through to actually use that word. But that truly doesn't safeguard your your food because the government is actually putting certain restrictions and ideas about what organic is, and it's not always in your best interest because a lot of the people that are creating these laws are not really in, involved in actually living this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So what I call it is veganic, and that's what we're all striving to want to be is more veganic. And um, the way I do that is I compost and I put worm castings and rock dust 
in my soil, and then I break down all the juice pulp and the anything left over from my meals or even from the farmer's market. And I also break up branches and I put grass clippings and I break that all down. The way it's broken down is with the worms. And as long as I keep the compost pile wet, they're going to stay alive right. in there and they're going to consume the, the heavier, massive amount of uh, food particles. And then all the dry matter is consumed by what I call roly bugs. I think it has another name. So those are the Roly polies. Yeah. Bugs. Those are the two uh, insects or whatever creatures that actually break down the compost pile. And then uh, a really good compost pile, when it's working, is giving off heat. Actually, if you're homeless and you're cold, you could actually get inside the compost pile and you can stay warm. Uh, especially when it's above or below the, the, the main area where I'm throwing all the new things. And uh, it's underneath the soil where everything is working with all these different creatures Mm -hmm. and eventually it just breaks down to pure soil i strain it then and then i let it age for a little bit and i put it under my trees and i have the best soil what i actually did is before i even planted a tree i bought my property in 1997 i actually let uh, i put compost all over my property and then what i did before i even planted a tree i found out the balance of the soil we need a strong foundation just like building a building, you could have beautiful interior rooms, but if you don't have a strong foundation, the building's going to fall down. So mm-hmm. I think what was really needed is to have a strong foundation through our dirt, and our dirt is actually the foundation for our health. And um, what I also chose to do is I live close to the city in Vista. Uh, that's where my farm is. And um, I really believe what um, is necessary and what I've done uh, it's been a philosophy of mine to create a demonstration how we can live close to the city and more of a natural environment to be surrounded by trees. You could actually feel the difference when you walk onto my property. The air quality is far different than mm-hmm. what you're going to yeah. experience a block away. And um, I feel it really supports my health and everybody else around. I feel like because you're kind of up on a hill. A I'm on a hill, above, yeah, above a lot it. Of that yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, I do always notice that how it's just like you're driving through all of the main roads where there's just, you know, 7-Elevens and random shops and just a couple roads up, like a totally different experience. And we could all do it. We could all return back to nature just by doing things, even living in the city. We could have our buildings and Mm -hmm. flower pots and all kinds of things that are much more nature. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of companies, a lot of entrepreneurial type companies, and even companies that have been around for a while are getting on the path of creating more products that are eco-friendly, that are more vegan-friendly also. You know, because you've been doing this a while. I'm sure you've, how do you deal with people when they're like, oh, what you're not, what you're doing isn't healthy and, you know, you should eat this and that, you know, how have you dealt with that over the years and how do you suggest people deal with that who maybe are trying to go vegan or they maybe have a family or family members or friends that are um, not necessarily unsupportive, but maybe aren't really on the same page with that, being judgmental and not really open-minded towards that. Because it can be a little bit difficult. I know from my own experience, you know, having family members that maybe don't eat how I do or um, choose to still consume certain, you know, animal products of sorts, it can be a little bit like, 
it can be frustrating because you want to help people and the statistics out there are very concerning. You know, it's like I think at this point, like one in two people will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their life. It's like, you know, you really don't want that to be somebody you care about. I'm sure you've lost, you know, I know you spoke about it earlier that this is something that you experienced at a young age. I feel like I'm coming to experience it um, and notice it a lot more now. I mean, I've lost three close family friends to cancer within the past year. And, you know, I've had several friends of mine that have dealt with cancer within the past several years. And it's just, you know, people want to say, oh, moderation here and there, like everything in moderation type of thing. But why have moderation towards something that is harmful towards you? I feel like we have to eliminate all the things that are harmful and use moderation with the things that are good for us. Beautiful. But how well do you go about dealing with that type of situation in social settings well, I'm a little bit more outrageous than, than a lot of people. Uh, I'll actually carry my food wherever I go in the world. I actually brought uh, 10 people with me, and I kept them 100% living raw food when I was in Costa Rica. And what I would do is I would do the shopping. I brought it to a restaurant. I paid them to prepare it according to my stipulations mm-hmm. and gave them a tip, and we used our food. So the idea is that what I do personally, I I get together with my relatives or friends, and the first thing I, I tell them is that if you really care about me, we really care about each other, the reason why we're here is for a love connection, not the food is only something to sur- surround us or give us a, an excuse to get together. And the idea is that to let them know that what we're really here for is for the love of each other, and I always use the excuse that I'm under doctor's orders. So the idea is that the doctors told me that I have to stay this way of eating, I have to remain vegan and not to cook my food because it's in my best health interest. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they'll usually question it, but they'll tolerate it. They'll, they'll allow me to be my own person. And we don't always have to relate to each other just from food. Right. We want to relate to each other about who we really are. And the main thing that we could do is to be the example, not to work outwardly, but work in the, inwardly to be the best you can, to be the most loving you can, mm-hmm. and uh, to be an example of the way you want others to be and not to be pushy. We don't want to be a food Nazi, yeah. but we want to be a, f- a food example. Right. So I think it's really important to just work on yourself rather than trying to force somebody else to do other things. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, if we keep on the way we are, and this actually has been scientifically shown, uh, it's not about living in fear, but if we can carry on the way we are, we probably have about 50 years to go as a humanity mm-hmm. because we're raping the oceans of, of all this fish and uh, the, the life that's going on, and we're destroying animals. Uh, they say there's too many animals. The reason why there are is because we're forcing pregnancy onto them very unnaturally, and we're enslaving them to do these types of living and then dying for us. And who's to say we we have reign over our animals? And the idea is it would just go according to nature and it would just balance itself Mm -hmm. out, and we were really meant to live in harmony with animals. And it's actually a a very um, inbreded concept to be able to kill to stay alive and it's really crazy who's to say they talk about protein 
that we're going to kill something and we're going to pray to get the protein out of it. Actually, all food has protein in it, and the idea is we don't have to kill for it. We only have to live for it. Right. So uh, so it's about changing your thinking, and then if everybody would just choose to take baby steps and to eliminate all these horrific ways of consuming food— it's amazing. You find out for yourself the difference you can make in your own personal health, your well-being, your philosophy, your your way of thinking, uh, the way you treat people, the way you treat yourself. You start really appreciating the sacredness of being alive in this beautiful experience and having an opportunity to live instead of die. Mm-hmm. And um, and also realizing if you're eating anything that is not of fruits and vegetables, you're eating non-food. Once you leave the, f- the fresh fruit and vegetable section of a grocery store, you're in the non-foods area. That's the like way I look products. at it. products. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, it all came from the medicine man back in the cowboy days where he came forth and he said, I have this magic uh, elixir that's going to heal all things. And I believe it was just handed down from that point. But the idea is to go right to the source, putting your food to the least amount of processes, mm-hmm. It's going to put you through the least amount of processes. Keep it simple and keep it clean. Simple order, simple see. I wrote that back in the 60s. Well, yeah, and I feel like a lot of the processed food that does exist, I mean, we have to look at from where it really stems from. I mean, after the Industrial Revolution, after World War II, there were a lot of, like, fast and easy products made for people that wanted convenience-type foods. But these weren't really you know, tested to see the long-term effects of, you know, how they would actually affect people. And they were using a lot of chemicals and types of ingredients that weren't really food. You know, they're not ideal for human consumption. So, you know, I think it can be, you know, speaking for myself, a little bit difficult to live in a society sometimes where there are a lot of different, you know, does seem like there's a lot of different options and you feel like um i don't know sometimes people think like oh you're limiting yourself by just eating fruits and vegetables i mean for me i feel like i eat such a well-rounded raw vegan diet and such a variety of foods throughout the year because i do tend to eat seasonally so my diet's always changing in regards to what i am consuming and i'm not using the term diet as if like it's a term of restriction of like, oh, this is my diet of the only thing I eat. It's the, um, you know, it's what I am consuming. That changes on a consistent basis in regards to the types of fruits that I'm having. And um, I think that's a really healthy way to go about it because many people, they eat a lot of the same things all the time and can get stuck eating a lot of the same foods and only getting certain nutrients from certain things. But, you know, I feel like, there's there's like a fake sense of diversity in food where or what people consider food in cultural food things that have like a lot of oil and salt and spices and all this type of stuff i don't think you know like spices are okay and stuff i use them occasionally but um i think really when you have a good piece of produce that's grown i don't know like many people if you've tasted good quality organic like locally grown produce like a really good bell pepper or a really good snap pea or a really good apple like you don't really need to do that much to it in order for it to taste good like it's just going to it's going to excite your palate enough on its own where you really don't have to do too much else to it 
And um, I think it really allows the body to detoxify. I feel like there is this sense where people kind of get really hooked into the whole pleasure system of the brain that gets really excited by a combination of refined sugar, oil, and salt. These are things that really hardly exist in nature, but they can act as excitotoxins to the brain, light up neural pathways that are very similar to drugs like morphine or, um, you know, cocaine. And people don't realize like how strong of an effect that it can be and how addictive those foods can be. And that sometimes trusting your intuition of what you want to eat can actually not really be what's best for you. And you can be giving into cravings and um, going down a path where you're going to wake up the next morning really not feeling that great having, you know, swollen face and puffy and having gas and bloating and all that type of stuff. Whereas when you're eating raw foods, like there's really not a lot of that happening. You're filling your system with like fresh life. And yeah, that might not be as satisfying, I guess, as whatever type of foods that you're used to. But in time, it is actually a lot more nutritionally satisfying for your body and it is actually giving you what you really need. Yeah. So how do you feel about, you know, kind of the, um, how do you explain that to people when they want to eat more of a variety of foods? Well, first of all, I really believe to really be optimally nutritious and healthy is to eat the rainbow. Yeah. And to be able to choose different colors. Every actual color of the fruit and the vegetable correlates to different organs in the body. And that actually helps to heal that aspect of the body. And chakras. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're definitely surrounded by color is one aspect to it. Um, along the lines, you were talking about um, people desiring more heavier foods or f- filled with different ingredients. And often people will go to a restaurant to find the best chef. But the idea is that, and also people ask, what kind of recipes do you have to offer me? And actually the best recipe is to eat it right from the source, putting it through the least amount of process. I mentioned this before, is actually the healthiest and most nutritious way of doing it. And... Um, Actually, you don't have to have any recipes. You just cut them up the way they are. You do it according to proper food combining, and you have a delicious meal. Mm -hmm. Often what happens, we need uh, various types of uh, spices, and we need a a fancy chef to create and alter the type of foods that we are eating because our taste buds are so numb. They've been so repressed by eating the unnatural foods that we crave these type of items because then it finally uh, transports into our um, our taste buds and we can start sensing what we're actually eating. But as you clean your system out and you start eating more of a living foods, raw food way of eating, your bodies, your bodies and your body becomes more in tune with the pureness of what the food actually has to offer. Mm-hmm. And here in San Diego, we are so fortunate. We actually live in 14 different agricultural climate zones. As a result, we're very diversified. And if you ever come to the farmer's market, especially to Hillcrest, um, which I believe is the best market in San Diego, yeah, it you, is get, a good one. you get to really experience and, and the 
um, types of items that are available are so diversified and so beautiful that you fill your pantry with the best and your refrigerators with the best food ever. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody that is not optimally healthy, which none of us are, we're always on a path towards that. We have the greatest opportunity of living here in San Diego to be able to really enjoy these amazing offerings from the farmers getting directly from the farm. And I really feel the best way to buy your food is directly from the source to go to your farmer's markets or come to places like Specialty, who is an extension of the farmer's market. And the variety it has to offer is just mind-boggling. And the amount of it's nutrition. It's the best in California. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love coming here. I'm also been blessed with the opportunity that they uh, allow me to sell to them. And there's a little section here with my produce in it. And I come here once a week. I deliver the produce and always feel like I'm coming into a wealth of beauty and nutrition and friendliness. And uh, it's just a great place to be. So if you've never had an experience to experience specialty, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. It is an awesome place to be. I, you know, there's there's so much information here, and I love I love everybody who works here too. There's a lot of good people that know a lot about a lot of different things, and it's just a great experience. So come get the specialty produce experience. Um, now, when it comes to detoxification, what types of things do you feel like you keep in your daily regimen? Of you know, we talked about kind of what you eat in a day, but are there any other types of protocols that you go to occasionally where you like to kind of go to those types of routines to really boost your health up an extra notch? I think to stay optimally healthy, I think the eating experience is wonderful. It's necessary to some degree, but I think it's also an opportunity to not eat at least one or two days during the week. And um, not to go through extreme of just drinking water, but what I do is I'll just have a couple of days of just drinking juices. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just feel like I have so much more energy. I don't have to sleep as much. And my my mind is much clearer. And I just feel much better attitude about myself. I think often when we overeat, it puts us in a, a state of uh, tiredness or we want to uh, surround ourselves with stimulants. Right or types of activities to pull us out of that state. But um, I think it's really dangerous to overeat. I think it's better to walk away from your dinner table a little more hungry than than fulfilled and um, to just really appreciate the morsels that you're putting into your body and to slow down and just to express gratitude for everything you're doing in life, not only just eating. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important. And in regards to having healthy connections with people, I know that's something that you've experienced in a variety of ways. You know, you've been married before, you've, you know, had a child, and you've gotten to know a lot of people over the years and just friendships and relationships. But what do you think is the most beneficial kind of tool that you've taken away to just find common ground with people and be able to connect with people? Um, I think the the most common ground is to be human and to uh, not judge. I think the judgment part is what uh, pulls us away from each other and just accept each other to as much as we can unconditionally mm-hmm. loving and to um, seek out people that are receptive to what you have to offer and what we have to offer each other. 
and then to be able to feed each other. I feel that the institution of marriage uh, is a wonderful place to be, especially if you're having children. But um, unless we grow together, we, we part company and think about all the people I've been through throughout my life. I feel we connect with people of like-mindedness or like um, inspiration of we're trying to or striving to get to a certain place in consciousness or on a journey. And we choose different individuals that actually in, put inside of us that inspiration or that knowledge to help us to grow. So I really feel that we're here to grow together and then also eat together. As we grow together and eat together, we stay together. Mm -hmm. And when we're not doing that, we grow apart. I was actually in a 15-year relationship, and the the, uh, lady I was involved with was very beautiful. She was uh, financially stable and um, had some wonderful qualities. We traveled together. But she was in the medical uh, field, and she always tried to tell me I wasn't receiving my omegas um, because I wasn't eating fish. And I, at one point, I just had to embrace the relationship I was having with myself and seeing that the most important thing I could do for myself is to be true to who I am. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell her that I loved her, but I had to leave her because I found that it was going against my greater belief system and the direction I want to move through life because uh, just like you're going down an airplane, you first have to save yourself before you can save somebody else. So I think it's a it's a matter of really embracing the relationship we're having ourself in ourself, and it's not about being selfish; it's about being self centered. And once we're self centered, then we could bring to each other the center of knowledge and unconditional love and information that we need to really feed each other. We're really here to feed each other positive energy and knowledge and goodness, not other things. Well, do you think like maybe centering ourselves instead of, because I feel like there's a little bit of a negative connotation sometimes to being self-centered. And I don't think there's anything wrong with centering ourselves and being in tune with who we are as people. But I think some people might interpret being self-centered as if we don't care about other things in the world. Um, And I don't feel like, I feel like probably many vegans are very open-minded to what they have to contribute to the world and how what they do affects the world. So I feel like it can come off to put yourself first as being self-centered, but I think it is important to center yourself in the world and be able to connect with people from that place. Because if you're not centered, then you're not going to be giving the best of yourself. I think another way of, of viewing it or, or uh, vocalizing it would be self-directed. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, self-direction, if you're walking through a crowd, if you don't, or if you're going to a uh, railroad station and asking the, the ticket man or conductor or whoever he is, um, for a ticket, and he's going to say, where are you going to go? And if you don't know where you're going, he'll give you a ticket to any place. But if you know where you're going and you're self-directed, you're going to give him a place you want to go, he'll give you a ticket, and you'll get there. So the idea is it's a matter of being self-directed. It's not self-centered, it's self-directed. And um, if everybody was self-directed, we'd have a perfect society. We wouldn't be crashing into each other because we'd all be aware of each other and where each of us are going and those that want to go on the same path will join us 
and those that are wanting to learn about it will join us and it'll be much more of an effective way of being together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like true. Sometimes we cross paths with people for short amounts of time in our life and I feel like not holding on to the attachment of that is really important. You know, like I think about it for me, like being a dancer and having done like partner dancing before. It's like you go out dancing, you might dance with, you know, I don't know, like five, six, ten gentlemen, you know, I might. And, um, you know, it's like you don't necessarily have to hang on to that. It's like you enjoy their company. You enter into it with the, um, you know, understanding of like certain techniques, like way it's going to be approached and then thank each other and then move on, you know, and um, you might enjoy being with or dancing with a certain person or um, spending more time with a person until the point where they become your dance partner or, um, you know, relaying that into relationships. It could be your partner in life where you feel like you grow well together and you dance well together and you complement each other and you enjoy each other's company, you know, but, Sometimes those partnerships don't even last, too, and I feel like you have to continue to grow. Um, There are, I feel like, limits where sometimes people can learn all they can from each other unless they continue to have those opening experiences with each other where they're trying new things and they're expanding their consciousness and their um, understanding of life together where you can continue to um, keep the fire burning and add new material to it so that you can kind of be creating something that is going to last a little bit longer and will allow the relationship to be prosperous from both ends because I feel like if one person is constantly contributing giving all the energy to it and the other person doesn't have anything to give and isn't willing to kind of step up to the plate to want to um, contribute that then it's not really balanced and it can't really prosper. But um, I know that those healthy connections have taught you quite a bit over your years. And how do you feel like it's influenced your spirituality over the years as well? Well, I look at my experiences with people as I do with the creative process of when I'm painting or I'm creating works of art. Um, I think the process of the creativity is the ultimate joy and the um, going into the Tao of the journey of the unfolding of the beauty that's unfolding before me. And the idea is that once I've created it and I've chosen to come to a point where I say I've given enough to this experience and I feel it's actualized and it's beautiful, then the only thing I could really do, because we really own nothing, we, we leave this planet empty and we come into it empty. And the idea is that the painting or anything we've created in life then has a life of its own. So what I, all I could do is, is bless it, release it, and wish it goodwill ongoingly. And the potential is that I might stay with that person because we continue to grow. And even if there's bumps in the road along that experience— the people or these situations that are the most horrific, I only view them and I choose to view them as our, my greatest teacher mm-hmm. because the experiences that have really harmed us the most without 
being attached to it, but observing it and say, what do we, what I really learned from this experience are our greatest teachers. And what I choose to do is not get burned by the same match twice. That's a little saying that I say. So, um, I think ultimately, uh, the most spiritual enlightened people are completely involved in what they're doing with people or things. But what they're able to do is detach themselves from their involvement. Took me two times to get that word out, <laughs> and to um, to be involved, but to be detached, to to not allow themselves to fall because of what's going on before them, and or to even rise, but to be level within themselves and be self-directed to realize that they're on their ultimate uh, level of returning back to a greater source of power or energy or spirit or what has created this entire universe. So mm-hmm. I think the detachment part, to love with detachment, I think is our the place I want, want to choose to live. Yeah, and I know I can. both of us are Geminis. Yeah. And, you know, Geminis are kind of known for creative aspects. And, I mean, there's a certain amount that I believe in, like, Zodiac stuff, and there's a certain amount where I'm like, okay, hmm. you know, I feel like... I feel like we're um, one of my friends, Luz, and her name means light in Spanish. She um, she relayed to me one time that like we're in an age where we've gone through in all of our past lives like every other zodiac, and this is like the last zodiac that we're experiencing, and like in our next life, like moving forward into the future generations, like that's not really something that's going to be viewed as so important. Like it's only really as important as we make it. But um, anyways, both of us do share the Gemini creativity and, you know, gift of gab communication um, aspect to our personalities. And, you know, with the whole concept of like letting go of things as a creative individual, as a choreographer and a dancer, you know, there's there's a lot of times where, like, I'm choreographing, I don't even know, like, you know, seven, eight pieces on a weekly basis for my students, creating new combinations, creating new work, um, and that's something that I go through the process of doing, and it's a very concentrated form of my energy where I allow energy to come up maybe from past or present it almost feels like a process of composting you know like I'm using the music as almost what's breaking down all the emotions it's and then bringing it out through the dance that's like the growth process of what's growing from the compost I feel like that's the gift that bears the fruit that I can share with my dancers what comes from all that experience that I have as a dancer as an individual as a woman um and as a being on this planet, you know, I really share that with the dancers that I work with. And it's a creative process where I put a lot of energy into it while it's happening for maybe the week that we're working on it, for the months that we're working on it, leading up to a performance or a competition or convention. And once it's done, it's like released, you know, I'm done with it and I'm ready to move on to the next thing. I don't feel like I need to stay doing that routine for a while and I feel like it's a part of our evolution to learn how to evolve our routines and in life and take on new practices and I feel like I'm so grateful to have found the raw foods as a solution for my long-term health um, 
at the age that I did around 19 years old and just be able to fully experience and appreciate it with people in my 20s and get to know people like Barry that are growing amazing produce and get to meet people that are, you know, my age up until people that have been doing this far longer than I have and seeing that this can be a long-term solution for your health This can be something that gives you vitality and helps you avoid chronic degenerative diseases and helps you live a really healthy, long life where you can contribute to society, do what you love to do, and feel good in your own skin and, you know, still be out there communicating with people and um, just living a really vibrant life. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I totally support what you're saying 100%. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know you brought some readings um, oh, yeah. from your writings that I would love for you to share if you'd like. <clears throat> well, one of the things that I do is I, I write to support myself and to actually get involved in the creative process. And I really believe that um, as we become healthier, we want to express ourselves. And what I'm putting together right now, I've been working on this for a number of years. It's, it's called The Infinite Mind of Possibilities. It's a book that I'm going to be publishing um, hopefully this year, for sure by next, and it's accumula- accumulation of words that um, are done in poetic verse, and they have like a sense of wisdom, and it's based on uh, choices, expression, love, uh, various types of uh, gestures of communication, and um, I'd like to read one of them. This one's called The Consciousness of Living. Each one of us has chose to live in vibrant, radiant health and assist others in doing the same as we collectively restore the earth. The how of this is in making the choice for each action and thought to uplift and upgrade as we go forward to claim our highest good. Everything we do, think, speak, and touch will manifest the results of our healthy choices. As long as we are breathing, it is never too late. So the whole um, thought that I'm projecting here is that uh, to be open and not to view that uh, where you're at is doom and gloom and realize that if you could really understand it and be receptive and see the results from other people, that uh, we could overcome any health ailment and to start beginning to choose to eat the foods that we're really meant to eat and to really support who we really are and what we are as a human race. We're human uh, humanity. And if that's the case, we were truly designed to eat human food. And that's what I've learned that, and the reason why what I've done is I've gotten into living foods because, and fruits and vegetables, because I realized that's who I really am. And that's the food that I've been designed to eat. And, um, right now, um, not that age is a huge thing, but at 75, I feel like I'm more functional and clearer and um, want to be more of an example to the seniors of uh, that are out there. I don't consider myself to be a senior or a sir, but a senior. Because once you've arrived at being healthy at any age, you have arrived at a different type of way of viewing yourself. So I see myself as a senior. So anyways, uh, just a little funny one. But anyways, um, I think it's really important to embrace this. And the more you can learn on it uh, about it, uh, there's tremendous amount of information on the Internet. Especially pros, it's a great place to come because besides being able to buy the food, you get education. 
uh, come to the farmer's market besides giving you the best produce. I also give advice. I sit there and I talk to people at a length period of time, educating them about the nutritional value of what I'm having to offer Mm -hmm. them, my experiences. And then I also often go to Ocean Beach People's Food. I give little talks there. They have a, a community room there. And I have events at my home, which Victoria has come to, and we've had very successful turnouts and people leaving with really good experiences. And I I really feel each one of us in our own way could do a lot for each other Mm -hmm. by being the example of the change we want to create on this planet. And we could start one person at a time and start with ourselves, and also uh, to seek out people like myself, Victoria, especially produce, any place that's giving the example of how we could really live in harmony and health is a great opportunity. We are so abundant with that here in San Diego. It's a fabulous place to be, and it's a great way to alter your life, to change your life for the betterment of yourself and everybody around. Well, thank you so much for being here, thank Barry. You. I'm really grateful for you to you know, be present with me on this episode, share space and Hopefully, if you were inspired by this, make sure you go to Vibrant Raw Living on iTunes or SoundCloud. Check out Barry at the um, Farmer's Market. He's also on Facebook at Barry Coral. We'll leave links to all of his social media and um, how you can get in touch with him um, in the link to the description in this video or in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Signing off. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.